0: Welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. My name is Josiah Williams, and here is my challenge for you. As you're listening to the message, I challenge you to remove as many distractions as possible, to write out a few notes and things that stand out to you, and afterwards, share what you've learned on one of your social media outlets. We level up by giving a level 10. Thanks again, and enjoy the message. I want you to download today's message notes. I have mine at cityplacechurch.com backslash notes. You will need them today. You will need them today. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke, to the book of Luke chapter 15. God's whole heart is that he wants us to be in relationship with him, not just a part of some form of religion. And so today uh, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into Luke chapter 15, which when you dive into verses 11, all the way through the end of the chapter, it's about Jesus is telling a parable of the prodigal son. The Bible says in verse 11 of Luke chapter 15 that a certain man had two sons. And so many times when we read the story, I know I have. Maybe this is your first time hearing the story, but I've read this story many times. And a lot of times when it's presented or it's communicated uh, in regards to the gospel message, we talk about the son that was away from the house and, and lost everything. But the Bible says that there was another son in the house and he had his own response and today i'd really like to focus on this thought servants siblings and sons and daughters so servants siblings sons and daughters there is this heart that god really wants to have us sit in when it becomes a part when we become a part of his family and for those of you who are hanging out with us today maybe you haven't given your life to jesus trust me the most important thing that we'll do today is have that opportunity to accept him. My message, my message is from God's heart to you, but the end result is the relationship that you and I could have with him. And so the Bible says that there are two sons. And when we dive in a little bit deeper today, uh, I really want you to lean in. I really want you to, to prepare your hearts. I want you to have your notes, get your notes ready. And I really want the Holy Spirit to speak to you based on what God wants me to deliver to you. It says this, in Luke chapter 15, verse 25 through 32, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. Trust me, I'll catch this up in a second. And he asked one of the servants, "What was going, what's going on? Verse 27, your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years, he's saying this to his father now, all these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a thing you told me to do. And in all this time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours... AKA his brother comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes. You celebrate him by killing the fattened calf. His father looked at him and said, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this day for your brother was dead. He's come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. See, when you jump into the book of Luke, the context of Jesus telling these stories is the fact that he is sitting with, when you read it, sinners, and he's sitting with tax collectors, and there are religious people around Jesus who are bothered by the fact that Jesus is entertaining sinners, people who are outside of a relationship with God, outside of the family of God. And in one story, he tells a story of a lost coin, and a lost sheep, and he says that at every point of finding what was lost, there is a response and an excitement of the one that lost it. When we get to Luke chapter 15, verse 11, at the beginning part of the story, it says that there was a man that had two sons, and one day his younger son comes to him and says, give me everything that you owe me. I want it now. I don't want it when you die. I want it right now. Give it to me. And the Bible says that he went out and within just a few days, he lost it all. It says that he actually went to another country and he lost it all. He was living in the house with his father, had everything that he had, but yet he thought that he was lacking. And there are so many times in our life when we chase something, trying to find it, but God has already put it in the house. We said at this bold. we said that everything that you need and I need, God has already placed in us, around us, and it's all found in Him. But there's this longing sometimes, there's this desire sometimes to chase after something we think is better because of what we feel like may be restricting us. Sometimes we think about the instruction or the commandments of God the Father, Versus looking at the fact that he's been covering us, keeping us accountable and convicting us. See, when you and I walk in a relationship with God, the father, he covers us. He keeps us accountable and he convicts us so that we can fulfill the purpose and destiny that he has for you. But the young son wanted to chase after the destiny that he wanted. In our Dream Again series, we we talked about the fact that you could have your dreams or you can have God's dreams. God's dreams can't be stopped. They impact his purpose, his plan, his kingdom, his agenda, his people, but you and I get the benefit. And the young son goes to the dad and say, listen, yeah, life is okay here, but there's something that I'm longing for over there and I want it. And we said that, listen, if we press God long enough and hard enough for the thing that we want, that may not be a part of his plan, and we want to disconnect from God, that he'll say, okay. Well, the story goes on, and it says that the young son comes, with, comes back to his senses because he was living in the father's house, and then he found himself now working as a slave in a pig pen. And he said, man, the servants in my father's house were so much better. They have so much more. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to repent to the God in heaven, and I'm going to pre- pre- repent to my dad. He says, but I'm only going to go back as a servant. And we said, listen, sometimes the thing that the enemy does in our mind would try to pull us away from our sonship and daughtership when God never designed that. So the son goes back to his dad and the Bible says that his dad embraces him. The son tries to give all the reasons why he's no longer a son. And the father says, stop all of that. Everything that you've been through doesn't discount who you are to me. You're still my son? Can I tell you that right where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what your past is, no matter what you're walking through right now, no matter what the enemy's trying to, to hold you in, you're still a son or daughter of God. And for some of you, God's going to open up your eyes today to realize that you have access to the Father. The challenge is is that there's this struggle between the relationship with God and the religion that sometimes hold us back, the rules and the regulations that others put on that God never designed. And so as you're taking notes, let me get you caught up. We said this, that God's design is for a spiritual family relationship rather than a religious routine. See, the younger son was like, I want out. I'm tired of these rules. I'm tired of these regulations. I don't see the benefit. He didn't see the benefit because he was looking at his own thing. See, here's how I know that God the Father is focused on relationship as a family over religious routine. Jesus himself in the New Testament refers to God as father 165 times. 165 times, Jesus, the son of God, God himself in flesh refers to the father as God. He refers to him why? Because he wanted to focus everyone on the fact that the relationship that he is now providing access is one in which it's family, not rules. Here's the reason why is because from Genesis all the way through, there have been ordinances, particularly in the book of Exodus, when the commandments come out to where the people in the New Testament days were so focused on the religion that they had missed the fact that the savior of the universe was walking among them. And so when Jesus in Luke chapter 15 is sitting with sinners and people who are outside of the covenant of God, all they could think about was that this man was sitting with sinners. They could only see the religious side, the rule side, and not the fact that Jesus was there to bring the lost thing back into where it was found. See, Jesus talked about God as father 165 times so that he can break the cycle of religious rules. Paul has his encounter with God on the road of Damascus in, Luke, in the book of Acts. And the Bible, um, the Bible says that Paul refers to God as father over 40 times. See, there is this family relationship that Jesus talks about. And then the apostle Paul has him, his enlightenment because him living in religion. And he said, I, I'm, my religion is going to cause me to kill people because they're talking about the Messiah and he's not him. He has an encounter and God says, hey, This is all about family. Paul starts talking about family. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 18 says this. This is Paul writing. He says, and God has declared, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. See, there is this tension between religion and relationship. Religion and relationship. Here's the reason why. Let me give you just a couple of thoughts. Here's the reason why. You and I will struggle. And trust me, I'm going to get back to Luke chapter 15 talking about the second son. But here's the reason why you and I struggle sometimes with our relationship with God as dad versus the religious struggle that sometimes the things around us tell you and I that we're a part of. The first reason I reason why is because maybe some of us had a bad representation of a father. See, our earthly fathers are supposed to reflect the heart in God, the heart of God, the father. They're supposed to cover and they're supposed to keep us accountable and they're supposed to convict us with the character of God. And maybe they weren't present or maybe their lifestyle didn't reflect a godly lifestyle. Or maybe you didn't grow up with a Christian father who was all in on God. And sometimes the imagery that we might see through, a, through our secular culture or, or through the relationship that we have with our own father tells us that that's not the relationship that we want with God. Maybe it's the image of God that's been presented to us that it's this mad judge who's always mad and I'm condemning you to X, Y, Z. And we miss the fact that he loved us so much that he gave us Jesus, his only son. So it's the misrepresentation. Maybe the reason why it's hard for us to be in relationship with God, the father versus the religion with the God is because relationships are harder and messier than rules. Tell me what I need to do, and I'll get it done. I work from nine to five. That's it. Don't do this. Just tell me what I don't need to do, then I won't do that. Or just tell me what I need to do. It's easier. See, sometimes we can think of what's rule-driven. That's why some of you have, have, have struggled in some areas, or some of you, it took a long time to get in the relationship with God, because all that you thought was rules, I, I grew up as a young kid in, in some denominations and it was rules driven. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't wear makeup. Can't do this. Can't do this. Can't watch this. Can't do this. And it's like, oh, my gosh. OK. All right. Wow. OK. All right. There's not much freedom here. There's not much freedom. No. God wants relationship. Over religion. The third reason is pride. Pride. I feel like I can lead my life better. It's what the younger son had in response. I can do this better than you, Dad. Let me out. But the Bible says that there was an older son in verse 25, it says that when the father embraced the son, they were throwing a party. Ah, celebrate good times. Come on, uh, 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 uh. I can see him there, just throwing down their party. And the young, the older son is out, and he's coming back, and he's like, "What is going on?" And I can see the servant coming over, like, "Your brother's back. <laughs> Your brother's back, huh?" And he's like, "What? Your brother's in the house party. <laughs> he's back." And the Bible says that he got mad. What? Y'all are throwing a party for him? What? The fattened calf, the fattened calf was the one that was set aside over time to get as meaty as possible. So that when a day of celebration comes, that's the one that they use. So it's not like they went to, to Publix and just got some steaks. No, this had been set aside for a major celebration over time. So he's mad that the one gift that was there for the ultimate celebration was used now for this sinner? Like him, his whole communication changes. He gets cocky with his father. In some verses, in some texts it says, he says to his dad, look, man, what? If I did that to my dad, I would have fresh set of installs up in here. All of my teeth would be replaced if I said that to my dad. He looks at me and says, look, man, all of these years I've been slaving for you. And this son of yours comes back and you're going to throw that joker a party. He's out there sleeping with everybody. He burns your money. I've been here the whole time. You've done nothing for me. Here's the dilemma. A certain man had two sons. He raised them both. One son says, I'm out of here. The other son is living in the house and feels disconnected to the family. His whole verbiage turns to anger when his brother returns home. See, Jesus is very, very calculated in this story because there's so many different warnings that he gives believers that if we're not careful, we can literally be in the house of God, getting full in the house of God, and then turn up our nose when sinners come into the house of God and there's a party. We can literally turn up our nose when people who we don't think should have access into the family come in. We, As believers, we can be in God's house and be comfortable until all of heaven celebrates when one person who hasn't walked in relationship comes home. When, when you can see their dirty resume, when you can see that they might have been, quote unquote, the dirtiest of the dirtiest, the filthiest, the, wor- the worst sin that you could ever in your mind think that would potentially disqualify them from the love of God. God says, no, my kids coming back home, party. The Bible says when you read in earlier chapter, uh, the book of Luke, earlier 15, chapter 15, it says that heaven throw the party, the owner threw the party for the coin and the sheep. God throws a party when one comes home, but sometimes we got to be careful that we aren't like the older son. Where it's prideful. Say what? I've been slaving for you all these years. This is where we now have to jump into our thought process, whether we are currently you and I serving the Lord as a servant sibling, or a son and daughter, because if we're not careful, we could be living in the house under the father's leadership, under the father's love, and covering, and accountability, and conviction, and feel disconnected from him based on his response to others, based on what we feel like we should get that we never utter, some sort of place in us, that that for years and years we've been holding against God the Father, that we never utter, and then when the moment comes, the way we respond to him as if he's our equal. Sons, siblings, servants, here's what I want you to write down. Write this down. God sees us as sons and daughters, but religion can make us feel like servants or slaves. This, This older son says, I have slaved for you. I have been your servant for all these years. No, older brother, you have been the son. But your mindset has positioned you because the father was keeping you accountable. Your father was building you to carry the the legacy. Your father was instructing you. When you were out of line, your father pushed you back in place. When you were going the wrong direction, he said, don't you go there. He was literally building you up to lead beyond him but something on the inside of you never settled in, older brother, to where you felt like you were missing something. So much so that you would term yourself, I've been slaving for you all these years. No, older brother, you've been literally working in what will be yours. See, if you and I aren't careful, city place, We could literally be in the house of God looking at all that God has given us to grab hold of and say, you've given me nothing because you're giving it to them. You're giving them freedom and you're applauding them and I can't even get this promotion on my job. But you're celebrating them. They're being baptized and you're making this big party because they're being baptized and I've been serving you all this time. You've given me nothing. If we're not careful, we'll be looking at the hands of God and forget about the fact that the God, the creator of all the universe is Dad. Look, right, I wrote this down. Sons and daughters, that's how you're seen by God. But religion will make you feel like a servant or slave. He was just existing in the house. He wasn't thriving. He had literally worked and served. But he felt a form of entitlement. You should have. I don't know about you. But there have been moments in my life where I've responded to God in a you should have. Have you ever been there? Can we be honest? If that's you, if you've been there, say, I've been there. Can you type that in? I've been in a place where I've been in relationship with the Lord. But because of circumstances and life situations, I responded to God like, you should have known better. You should have done this. Write this down. Religion, which I'm, de- I'm kind of defining as the rules and instruction, which is focused on the interaction with God. It's like, the rules that many people would say gets God's attention. Like this is religion. You do this, God has your attention. Like it's this. Religion, if not broken, becomes rebellion. Religion, if not broken, becomes rebellion. The younger son said, I've been serving you all this time. I've been obeying your rules. I never did nothing wrong. And then this boy comes back, I am not going to this party for that son of yours. See, there's something rises up in us when we are walking in religion versus relationship with God. And we start telling God things that we won't do, a.k.a. Jonah. I'm not going over there to those people. I'm not, I will not go and minister to the lost person. I'm just telling you right now not gonna do it. Listen, I'm, I'm obeying you, but I'm not going there. See, if we're not careful, religion will cause rebellion to rise up in us if we don't break the fact that God didn't put you in religion. He put you in relationship. He is dead. He gave his son so that you and I can be a part of the father. Second Corinthians said that, hey, listen, you are sons and daughters of God, says the Lord. Almighty, he has defined you, son and daughter. That's who you are. But we have to be careful that we don't get caught up in a mindset that's not what he gave us. So if religion, if unchecked, becomes rebellion, then watch this. Rebellion keeps us from coming home. Rebellion keeps us from coming home. It's what the the younger son said. I'm out. I'm I'm gone. I'm going to go do my thing, dad. I don't really care about this house no more. I'm gone. It's the same reaction of the younger, of the the older brother saying, I ain't coming in the house. I'm not coming in the house. So rebellion keeps us from the house. But watch this now. Religion keeps us from experiencing the fullness of the father's house. Religion keeps us from experiencing the fullness of the father's house. Like, son, will you come in? We're going to celebrate your brother like. He, he's back. You have done nothing for me all these years. I've grown up in this house. I've done everything that you asked me to do. You couldn't even give me a little baby goat and l- allow me to invite my friends over. No, son. Like, you've been by my side this whole time, seeing how I've interacted with people, seeing how I've cared for God's dream for you and your brother. And and, 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 and for the field and the property and the business that God's given us and for the servants and the employees that he's brought underneath our care and for, for your mom, you've seen all of this. You've been by my side. And while you've been at my side, you've learned very little about me. See, religion will keep us from experiencing the fullness of the Father's house. So many of us have been Christians for a long time but haven't really experienced the fullness because we sit in religion or maybe the position of our heart has been ruin of rebellion where we feel pretty comfortable in telling God and giving him a piece of our mind. See, some of us don't even realize that this is us. You're you're not personally deciding to be rebellious or religious. It's just that this is sometimes how we end up. If we leave the covering of the father, then we are exposed. It's you and I's responsibility to bring ourselves in every situation, every issue back under the covering of the father. That's what the young son did when he ran back home and he was repentant. He he turned back. The Bible says he repented to heaven and he repented to earth and he turned back to the father. See, some some of us are sitting in places of religion and it just kind of grew over time. And it wasn't the original intent. Some of us have grown rebellious. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I I, I once I once gave God my tithe. I once served in my church. I once was comfortable going and celebrating people that met Jesus. But now that that ain't for me. Like, no, some of us have have just kind of grown in a callous form to. We once had passion for God and was bold about him. But now we're like, no, I'm okay. I mean, I don't know if I really believe that. No. It settles in. It may not have been the original tent. But it was never God's design for you to sit there. See, you and I have to pull back our love for God and love for Jesus and pull it back under his covering because he provides accountability. He provides covering. He provides the conviction of our heart to be able to carry the things that he has for you and I. Religion can make a way for rebellion. We have to be careful. And this is what the younger son did. And the older son is just like no different. He's like, I'm, I'm gone. I'm not going in there. I done told you that. See, you and I have to be careful that we don't allow religion to be our focus when it comes to God the Father. No, God's unique design has always been that you and I are a part of his spiritual family. Religion can give way. I said this just a second ago to rebellion. See, there are times when you and I could have been raised in God's house and never been apart. And inclined to lean into the fullness of who he is. I wrote this rebellion also keeps you outside the house, thus thus disconnected to the family. It keeps you outside of the house, thus disconnected to the family. The young son outside comes back under the covering of the dad. The older son says, I'm staying outside. And he begins to look now, he begins to term his brother that son of yours. See, our whole verbiage begins to change if we begin to take on a servant mindset, a slave mindset, to where we're not even seeing God as God the Father. He's just the one who's presenting the rules. So much so that we'll disconnect from the family. Some of you today need to come back under the covering of God the Father and reconnect to the family of God. You've been isolated. You've been by yourself. You've been hurt long enough. Religion and rebellion produces judgment of people that are lost. And it produces in us arrogant pride. The young son said, this boy done slept with everybody, wasted your money. I've been the only one here working hard. And you gave me nothing. You gave me nothing. You gave me nothing. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, if we're not careful, if we sit in religion, it produces rebellion, which causes a disconnect from the family. Makes it hard to go home and come back under the covering. And then all of a sudden we start gossiping. We start exposing people's weaknesses and don't really care much about it because the pride in our hearts is I'm the only one here that's really doing and working for you, see, we have to be careful in our sonship and daughtership that we don't slide into servant mentality. Here's, here, let me give you just really quick, and, and we'll put up a slide really fast, but I want you to see the difference between the servant, siblings, and sons because the mentality of these two boys was present. Okay, I'm sorry, the, the, the mentality of servant, sibling, sons were present. In these two boys. In the story, you read about servants. You have the sons and you have the siblings. They are brothers. They are both sons. But they have this servant mentality. Look, look at what the servant mentality is. Servant mentality sees self as see self, I'm sorry, see self as an employee. This is my job. They have a hot, have to mindset. They exploit weaknesses. They disdain vulnerability, and their relationship is dutiful. They, 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 they sit in the place of, I have to get this done. I, you, you, I clock out when the work is done. And don't be vulnerable. That's too much for me. I, 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 I just got a job to do, and that's it. See, the, the son said, I've been working for you this long, and you, 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 you ain't giving me what was really due. I, I, I done told you I've been here this whole time he's gone I'm still here see he had this servant mindset that was coming louder than his sonship they were also brothers listen to the mindset of brothers see themselves as equals like there's this obligation I should or I ought to mindset they're connected to the house but not necessarily thriving in the house they expose weaknesses versus cover They tolerate people being vulnerable, but really don't want to hear about it. And their relationship is transactional. We're moving, I gotta help the family move. I gotta help the family business. I gotta do this for my brother. So there's this mindset of ought to, have to, one exploits weaknesses, that brother of mine, that son of yours wasted all your money with those women. Like he exploits it. He exposes it. But then there are sons and daughters. There are sons and daughters of God, sons and daughters of the house that have a different mindset. And this is who God has designed you to be. A son and daughter, they see themselves as an heir. It is an honor and privilege to be in the family of God. They have a get to mindset. Oh my goodness. I get to be a part of God's family. I get to serve Jesus. I get to tithe. I get to serve in my church. I get to be the parent for these kids. I get to be the spouse here. I get to I get to volunteer and mentor here. I get to work on my job. I get to I get to represent Jesus wherever I go. I get to be a part of the family like their verbiages. I get to one of our core values at our church is that we don't have to. We get to like I get to be your pastor. Like, come on. Like, I get, to, I get to literally see your dreams thrive. Like, I get to do that. Sons and daughters are submitted to the house. They cover weaknesses. They're drawn to vulnerability and transparency. And the relationship that they have is love-based. See, if we aren't careful... you and I could live a free life in Christ because he's given it to us, but yet be bound by an orphan spirit. If We can literally have freedom in Jesus, but sometimes feel like we have no place to go. I would like to argue that if we view life with Jesus through religious eyes, Religion produces rebellion. Rebellion opens the door to where we're disconnected from the family of God. And God never designed that for you. The dad goes on and he looks at the son. He says, listen, you can't feel like a son. I mean, you can't feel like a servant or a slave because I see you as a son. See, you can't sit the rest of your life as a slave or a servant, when God sees you as a son or a daughter. The dad says, son, son, he he really refers to him. He says, my dear son, listen, your brother, he begins to bring all of the vantage point of this older son back to family. He says, listen, my dear son, your brother, family, my intent, my design, For our family is not servant, it's son. It's not slave, it's son. It's not this feeling of just brothers equal. It's no, no, no. You're my sons. You're part of my family. And listen, he was lost and he is found. We will celebrate. Because my son is back. And this matters to your father. City Place, I'm challenging us as we continue to trust God with our dreams that he will give us. Would well, you and I have to sit in a place where we say, I boldly declare that I am a son or a daughter of the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the creator of the universe, he is my dad. And he covers me. He keeps me accountable. He convicts my heart so that I can carry the purpose, the destiny that he sees fit for my life. I won't live in religion, which causes me to just focus on his instruction and I'm, it becomes work-based. No, this is my dad. hundred and sixty-five times Jesus mentions that God is your dad. 40, Paul says, you are a son or daughter. He is father. Jesus was really intentional about you and I knowing that the relationship that you and I have is with dad. This morning, just like in Luke chapter 15, I want to give you an opportunity to have a relationship with the father. The Bible says that that relationship with the father comes through Jesus, the son. Some of us have been religious. Some of you have been rebellious towards God. I am not doing this. You're in the house, but you're not getting the fullness. And for some of you, you're going to meet Jesus for the very first time. And I want to pray for you today. The Bible says that God loved you so much that He gave His only Son. Watch that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's John 3.16, one of the most well-known verses in all the world. You have to believe that Jesus died for you so that you can have relationship with the Father. I'm gonna pray a prayer, and I just want you to pray this prayer after me. And then after you pray that prayer, I need you to take one clear next step. One clear next step, I'm going to ask you to let us know the decision that you made so that as a church family, we can welcome you in a practical sense. Are you ready? Come on, City Place. Are you praying with me? Come on, let's pray. Say, Father God, today I accept you as dad. Jesus, I acknowledge that you died and rose again for me. You are now my savior father god i position myself under your covering i remove and resist religion forgive me for any rebellion i thank you for freedom in you in jesus name amen come on city place can you make some noise for jesus today can you celebrate jesus today i'm so honored that I, as pastor, along with my wife, Taisha, get a chance to celebrate this day with you. Because I just truly believe that some of you, in the places where you sat, you're literally coming underneath the fatherhood of Jesus. I'm sorry, the fatherhood of, of, of God the Father. And you're allowing him to literally cover you, keep you accountable, and provide the conviction of your heart. Remember, I said that there is one clear next step. I want you to fill out that virtual connect card at cityplacechurch.com backslash card. I wanna invite you to be a part of next steps. That's where we want you to discover family and find your fit. It's where we talk to you about the decision that you made, but also about how to get plugged into a life giving church. And then over the next few weeks, we talk about how God designed you and the gifts that he put on the inside of you and how he wants you to use those to impact others so those are just two simple things that we want you to do today can you give Jesus some praise today come on can you give Jesus some praise man I don't know about you I love I love when people come back underneath the covering of Jesus and when we say I'm not going to live like that anymore I am a son or a daughter of the most high God well hey I told you that we were going to worship the Lord with our tithe and our offering today. I'm so, so excited because you and I have been helping pastors plant churches through art. It is one of the places where we give every single month to help churches be planted. And I am so, so honored that we get a chance to do that together. I just know that as you trust the Lord with your kingdom finances, that you're stewarding you're stewarding the thing that he asked of you and giving is a part of our worship. And so I'm going to pray. And Father, we love you today. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you through our tithe and our offering. God, it all belongs to you. But thank you that you allow us as a church to steward it and to to allow it to be of an impact in our city, but also in other communities literally around the United States. Father, thank you for those that came underneath your covering today that said that they would follow you by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We honor you today. Thank you that we get to be your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, hey, City Place, we love you with all of our heart. Have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's episode and we have one final challenge for you. Take something that you've learned today or something that stuck out to you and share it with a friend or a loved one. Spread a little of what I like to call that wisdom wealth with someone else. Wherever you are, I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day.